Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to Animals to the Max. I am your host, Corbin Maxey. Welcome every single one of you to the very last episode of 2018. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe this year is almost over. And uh, this is going to be a very different episode. This is, and I actually did this last year. And I used to do this year after year. I would do these blogs. I would do the end of the year blogs. And I would, you know, post photos and spend, you know, days and weeks kind of putting together, you know, highlights. And, you know, since I've had this podcast, I thought, you know what? I enjoy this podcast a lot more than I do, you know, writing blogs. So why not put it into a podcast? So this podcast is definitely going to be a little different from the norm, but that's okay. That's okay. Different is good. Basically, I'm going to be, I'm going to be going through the months and uh, kind of going through some highlights throughout 2018, kind of personally for me, some uh, animals that I was able to work with, some very unique animals, some of the national shows we appeared on, and some other personal highlights uh, just for me and my animals. So I really enjoyed this uh, last year. It was great. I had a uh, cup of champagne and, uh, well, let's not lie, just a bottle. Uh, that's a joke, but seriously. Uh, and I went through the months and I really enjoyed it. So I hope you do as well. And uh, before we get into this, please, as always, please make sure to leave us a review and also uh, kind of rate us on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you listen to. And also follow at Corbin Maxi on Instagram as well as Facebook. I love connecting with all of you all around the world. Before we dive into the uh, 2018 recap, and really quick, I do not want to confuse any of you. This is so confusing because I released, two weeks ago, we released the best of Animals to the Max season one. So basically that was clips, you know, throughout season one of guest interviews, this and that. This is completely different. So please don't be confused. Both are great. Hopefully you listen to that episode. But this is more or less me uh, kind of personally reflecting on uh, 2018 as a year. I hope you all enjoy this episode. I always love reflecting and, you know, talking to myself in a microphone. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> here is the best of 2018 recap, kind of through my eyes. Here's some highlights. Happy New Year, everybody. And here's to a great 2019. All right, so January is probably one of my favorite times out here on the river. And I know that sounds crazy because it is cold. We do get snow out here living along the river. And by the way, for those of you who don't know yet, uh, I live an hour outside of Boise, Idaho. So um, along the Snake River in a very, very tiny town called Marsing. I always joke, you know, like I have more animals than the whole population of Marsing combined. Uh, that's kind of an exaggeration. But it is a very small town, uh, under a thousand people. I will tell you what, I absolutely love the wildlife and my favorite are the bald eagles. We see them uh, just around late December, January, and February. But Jan uh, January just seems to be like a really hot month just to see them. They are just, I mean, we see sightings, um, I don't want to say almost daily, but pretty darn close. And it's crazy because every time I see a bald eagle, I still get so excited. They are so majestic. Uh, it, it's just, you know, I remember uh, this, I guess, past January, just reflecting. I was doing laundry in my room and I saw, I was kind of, you know, looking out at the river and I saw a bald eagle dive and try to catch a duck. And I know that sounds completely made up, but it was like, what? It was like watching National Geographic in my backyard. It just was so incredible. And, you know, you know, a really good way to see if a bald eagle is around is to actually look at the prey species. So look at the waterfowl. And when they all start going crazy and start flying and taking off, 
you know it's a bald eagle. Now, we do have hunters that hunt along the Snake River, and they will fly off, obviously, if a boat is coming through. But for some reason, if it's a bald eagle, it is a massive explosion of let's get the heck out of here. I uh, yeah, really don't want to become lunch. So it was, uh, like I said, bald eagles are just incredible. I actually just saw one yesterday uh, just kind of driving outside of my lane. So uh, yeah, I could never get, uh, you know, bald eagles could really never get old. But uh, another really neat thing that we did in January is we started to film uh, for the Animals to the Max webisodes. Now, I do have to put a note. I actually talked to my wife's 15-year-old sister, and apparently people don't call them webisodes anymore. They're called vlogs. So I was like, wait, they're called vlogs? She's like, no, they're called vlogs, Corbin. Anyway, I completely dated myself there. But we filmed animals. Well, I'm just going to say webisodes. We filmed the animals to the max webisodes. Basically, two to three minute short videos of me working with a variety of different animals. So we started filming that here uh, locally in Boise. We went to the World Center for Birds of Prey. And we were able to uh, work with some incredible animals, including Wally, which is a big Eurasian eagle owl. And this was the first time I ever worked with a, I mean, I've worked with eagle owls, but I usually have a handler with me. This was the first time I actually was able to handle Wally and I cut up a, his diet, which consisted of cutting up a rat, which has to be, bleh, uh, uh, I can't even think about it right now. I can't even finish my coffee thinking about it. Cutting up a rat was probably one of the grossest things I've ever had to do. I cut into one of the main organs and it just, I think it was the intestine anyway, just I did it wrong, but you cut the rat up into chunks and then I was feeding him and he actually took a nice little, a nice little bite, a little chunk out of my thumb and it hurt like crazy. <laughs> I like, and I was filming. So, you know, when you film, you can't really be like, son of a, you know, but uh, I was like, wow, that really hurt. Uh, but you can check out that webisode, the World Center for Birds of Prey on my YouTube channel, or you can go on uh, to my website and click webisodes. But that was a really, really good time. Filming in Janu uh, January, and it kind of reflecting back, it's January. It's like the month for birds. Bald eagle, Wally. That's kind of cool. Anyway, so uh, fun time. Here's to, I guess, more birds in uh, 2019. This last February was uh, just, I, I just want to say, just a milestone for me career-wise. Uh, I had a booking on the Today Show, which, by the way, I've been doing the Today Show for, oh my goodness, I think this is going to be my eighth year. Woo! You know, it's so crazy. I'm like reminiscing and realizing like how old I sound now. I'm like back in the day when I did the Today Show. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I've been doing the Today Show for eight years. I, I still get so excited every time I'm booked on the show, every time I do the show. And the reason why is I spent years and years and years touring the country, visiting, you know, public access stations, visiting local TV stations. And there's nothing wrong with those stations. Those are um, actually some of my favorite shows to do. Um, but I was basically just gaining experience and trying to build up my uh, TV resume just to try to have a shot at being on the Today Show in front of a few million people. And so I don't take anything for granted. Every time I'm booked, I just realize how incredibly blessed I am. And of course, obviously, it's not luck. It is hard work. Uh, not impossible, but it is very hard work to do the show. So anyway, I get so excited. But this February, it was like the icing on top of the cake because the day, actually, the 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 morning of, I get an email from my producer. I'm like waking up, you know, kind of scratching my eyes. And he said, hey, and you know, by the way, just to kind of fill you in, I'm going to be on with, I was on with Kathy Lee and Hoda. They were having a special guest co-host. Actually, Hoda was gone. So they had Jenna Bush filling in. 
And he said, oh, by the way, Jenna's mom, the former first lady, Laura Bush, is going to be on the segment with you today. What? I'm like, are you serious? Like, wait, wait, wait. anyway, I couldn't even believe it. He said, oh, by the way, please don't tell anybody just for security purposes. So none of the animal handlers knew as we were going into the studio. I did actually tell my wife, but I think you just, you just have to tell your wife everything. But so she knew, but it was crazy. We were in the studio and I was talking to my producer and all of a sudden, this big bodyguard type guy came up to me, whispered to us and said, do not look behind you, go straight ahead and take a right. And he said, just walk forward, do not look behind you. And it was secret service. And of course I, uh, I, I looked behind me. I had to, it's like when someone tells you not to do something, you're just like, I wanna do it. But uh, it was the former first lady, Laura Bush. And it was so cool. This segment for me was just like magic. I was working with one of my good friends. His name is Fung Lu, and he is one of the world's best bird trainers. And we had a rose-breasted cockatoo, which are extremely intelligent. They're from Australia, beautiful, uh, you know, pink rose color. Um, basically, Fung has trained this bird, his name was Rizzo, to take a dollar from an audience member's hand and then um, fly, take it, and then put it in a jar for conservation. And 100%, 100%, excuse me, of the proceeds go to conservation. And it was so cool that the volunteer participant was going to be, in fact, the former first lady, Laura Bush. And so we had her wave a dollar in between her, uh, her, her fingers. And it was funny. I actually like touched her shoulder to try to, you know, help her wave her arm more because she's so poised. She's like a statue. So it was like, come on, Laura, you know, loosen up just a tick. And as I touched her shoulder, Secret Service was like, <sighs> puffed up and you could tell they were like, do not touch her. And I see this on the side, you know, of my visual, you know, on, on the sides, I'm like, oh crap, I should not have touched the former first lady. Note to self, just don't touch any of the talent. Keep your hands to yourself, Corbin. Uh, but it was great. Rizzo took the dollar from the former first lady, um, put it in the jar and uh, the audience went wild. And Laura, you know, she was so nice. She uh, whispered in my ear afterwards, after we were done with the segment, she said, thank you for all you do for animals. And it was one of those moments where I'm just like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm this guy from Idaho. Like, how am I talking to the former first lady? And she's thanking me for what I do for animals. I'm like, thank you for just being you. Uh, so it was just incredible. This segment was also magic, too. It was uh, the uh, day before Valentine's Day, and we had a very sexually charged porcupine named Quilliam from the Turtleback Zoo. Uh, let's just say he was interested in just about everything, including people's legs, stumps. Uh, he got loose during the segment, walked through the studio audience, and then I was telling Kathy Lee, you know, on air, like, you know, he's looking for a mate. Right as I said that, he turned around and went right towards Kathy Lee. It was magic. Uh, probably one of my favorite segments I've ever done in my 15-year career. Uh, you could check that out at my website, CorbinMaxi.com. If you just click on In the Media, you could um, you could check that out. You could also uh, you know, go to the Today Show. It would probably be easier just to check it out on my site. But it was such a great segment. Uh, great segment, great February memories on the Today Show. And uh, just a side note before we get into March, I, I've noticed that this sounds like a giant promotion, like plug, like this podcast, like every month I'm like, oh, go to my website, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, Instagram. I'm really not trying, to, I'm really <laughs> not trying to make what this podcast is about by doing that. It's just I want to share with you those memories and that's how you can access them. So 
with that said, go uh, you go to uh, my Twitter page and you can read. I'm kidding. That was a joke. All right, so we're now on to March. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I really, really enjoyed March. And what sticks out to me, I think almost the most, would be some of the webisodes we were able to film. We uh, did a film shoot at the Turtleback Zoo, which is in West Orange, New Jersey. So that's about 25, 30 minutes outside of New York City, or a hundred dollar Uber ride. Yeah, I made the mistake doing that uh, <laughs> from Manhattan. But it was all worth it. We were able to go behind the scenes and, uh, you know, work with our carnivores. So I, I remember uh, feeding a hyena, which was just, I was on cloud nine. Uh, if you know me or follow me, you know that hyenas and hippos are some of my favorite animals, probably two of my favorite animals. And so we were behind the scenes and we were able to uh, feed them meatballs during the training sessions. And, you know, I did. And what really shocked me the most and I've seen hyenas, you know, numerous times, of course, in zoos. I've also, uh, you know, I've seen them in the wild in Africa. But being face-to-face, -face, you know, with one. I mean, literally, you could smell the breath. I mean, not trying to be gross, but, I mean, you you really could. Um, it's just they are a lot bigger in person. I know that sounds crazy. And these, these uh, two females weren't even full-grown. But I just remember their paws were so much bigger in person. I just... I thought it was really cool. The uh, Turtleback Zoo also has a really, really neat exhibit to where they're able to rotate the lions and hyenas. So they have two different giant yards in the exhibit, and then every other day they can switch them out, and you know the animals are able to smell each other's scents, and the hyenas are able to... This is actually really, really funny. The hyenas love eating uh, lion poop. Can you believe that? That is something I learned. I never knew that, and uh, that is something one of the keepers told me the hyenas love eating the poop. So uh, with that said, it was really cool kind of going behind the scenes in the building and seeing how they rotate the animals. I remember uh, I, I was with my wife, Samantha, and we had my, uh, our, our friend Christina come with us. And she was behind the scenes. She was kind of you know, helping us film this and that. And I remember we could not see the male lion. We went you know, behind the scenes to kind of see the animal's bedrooms. We could not see the male lion. He was in an outdoor yard. And as we turned around to leave the building, all of a sudden we heard this giant roar. I mean like this like. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to try to attempt it, but this giant roar, like a blood, I mean, literally, it's like giving, it's almost giving me goosebumps thinking about it, and he had rushed in as we turned our backs, so I'm not going to lie, our friend Christina pretty much peed her pants, and uh, she probably wouldn't like me saying that public, but I guess she doesn't listen to this anyway, so what up, Christina, if you are listening to this, but uh, yeah, she literally almost, she, actually, she did pee her pants, and of course, there was a barrier between, you know, the lions and us, but still to have something like that just come up and just the sound and it's just, oh, just echoed throughout the building. It was just incredible. Absolutely loved March. You know, another thing that stuck out to me in March is we got a new animal. A new animal was added to our family, a topaz, a 15-year-old blue-tongued skink. And they are uh, really unique lizards, actually pretty big lizards. They're around two feet long. They're from Australia and New Guinea. And, uh, you know, skinks, if you're not familiar, I mean, well, actually, you know what? Everyone's uh, familiar with this. If you're familiar with a sausage or a bratwurst, <laughs> it looks like that with legs. Yeah, Topaz came to us. He had some severe obesity issues, but hey, you know, we all struggle in some places of our life. But uh, with that said, no, he came to us uh, from Seattle and he was a rescue. So he's 15 years old and uh, he was a great addition to our programs, especially doing shows because he is a hands-on animal. So when I do my live appearances, you know, when we go to schools or libraries or we do other, you know, some other outreach programs, Topaz is an animal I'm able to take out. Kids are able to touch him, get a photo with him, which is a lot different because, you know, prior to Topaz, 
you know, we have uh, uh, Godzilla, the green iguana. But if you are familiar with Godzilla and his temperament, yeah, he's not that nice. And uh, I think we'd have a few lawsuits if we were letting people touch him. So it was really cool to, uh, you know, kind of bring in a new addition to the animal family. So he's doing great. And yeah, so those are kind of the highlights I would definitely say with the march. Uh, you know, lions, hyenas, and of course, the new addition to our animal family, Topaz. So a few things kind of stick out with me with April. First and foremost, I guess the elephant in the room. Uh, <laughs> uh, April, I appeared with the animals on Megan Kelly Today, which, uh, as a lot of you know, is no more. The show has since been canceled. But it was uh, the third hour of the Today Show, and it was a huge thing for me just because it was the first animal segment, and well, I guess the only one they ever did, uh, and I'm happy I was able to be there and educate Megan, and I really won't go too much into it, but I have to say, uh, you know, she just, her and her team were so incredibly nice, they were so accommodating, and I absolutely loved appearing on the show. It is um, kind of crazy how things did kind of turn out with the controversies, I don't really have much else to say about that, but that is a memory. I'm happy I was able to, uh, you know, be on the show. Happy I was able to educate a few million people, especially uh, my favorite fact, which uh, got Megan, you know, laughing, uh, was my sloth fact, which they only poop once a week. And uh, she suggested that maybe he should eat more fiber. And yeah, anyway, it was really neat. Uh, I had a good time. Also teamed up with my friends from the Turtleback Zoo. We had Albert Einstein, the uh, two-toed sloth. Uh, let's see, we had a Eurasian eagle owl. We had a boa constrictor and a giant rabbit. Oh my God, this just came to me. A giant Flemish bunny. Oh, it was huge. I think it was like 17 or 18 pounds. It came from the Long Island Game Farm. Super nice team over there. But uh, yeah, the biggest rabbit I've ever seen. But it was really, really neat. And we did that for, I believe, National Zookeeper Day? I believe so. I think that's why we were on there. But a great experience. Another thing on a different note, reminded me of April was bringing Clyde the camel to my backyard along the Snake River. That is right. We didn't tell any of the neighbors. We just had Clyde the camel show up and it was hilarious. I was trying to go over some fun facts with Clyde and I, it is so cool. So basically Clyde has been in the Treasure Valley area. So here in Idaho, you know, Boise, Meridian, Nampa area for almost like 16, 17 years and he just goes around, his, his owner Gary is great, kind of this older gentleman, but they go around to, you know, these events in the community, and I've worked with Clyde for years on TV and also my local public access show, but he's so funny. His favorite treat in the world, listen to this, candy canes. Yep, you heard it from me, candy canes. He loves them, and he crunches them. I know that's, I, I can't imagine, you know, of course, in the wild, although they're, they've been domesticated for over 3,000 years, so I guess... We really don't have any more quote-unquote wild dromedary camels, but uh, yeah, peppermints. He loved them. I love the crunch, but you could actually uh, check that out on YouTube. That was one of our Animals to the Max webisodes, and uh, that was such a good time. I think my favorite was just like seeing the neighbors' reactions. Like, wait, wait, what? You know, I, I, I know they were nervous about snakes and, you know, possibly alligators, but I think for them to see a camel, it just blew their minds, and that was awesome. So I think what sticks out the most to me in May was going to Spokane and releasing black bears. Yeah, I mean, not like in the city, obviously, <laughs> but Spokane, Washington, uh, I, I think like an hour and a half out in an undisclosed location. I, uh, my wife and I joined the Idaho Black Bear Rehab, 
and the Washington Fish and Wildlife, and we released black bears back into the wild. And that was such an amazing experience. And I've done this once, I think back in 2011, but this experience was completely different. And by the way, if you're wondering, re-releasing, like how do they get the black bears in the first place? All the black bears that they uh, they rescue are are orphans. So a lot of them, either hunters shot the mom. Um, I think some of them have been found in dumpsters. It's actually really, really sad what, um, you know, some of these bear situations. But basically in Boise, the Idaho Black Bear Rehab, they rehabilitate them until they're ready for release in the spring. And they do that every year. When I went in 2011, they had eight black bears, sub-adult black bears. And then this time they only had two. And, oh, you know what? I just remember their names. America and Liberty because they were both rescued on the 4th of July. Super cool. Anyway, we went up there and uh, just to see them released. And it was just a, it was just a great time meeting up with old friends. And of course, a great excuse, you know, going to Washington. I actually feel awful. It was my wife's birthday on the 29th. And she is terrified of heights. And, you know, mind you, we don't make any of the locations, you know, public where we're going to be, you know, re-releasing the bears because, you know, people just, you know, would freak out and it just, you know, and it's also for the bear's safety as well. And last time in 2011, you know, we released them on flat ground, you know, there was mountains and stuff, but, you know, it really wasn't a treacherous journey. Well, this time around in Spokane was completely different. We literally were driving along the side of a cliff for at least 45 minutes and it was eight o'clock in the morning so the sun was just beaming on her eyes and she was terrified she was i think she i think she was actually in tears she just was so scared of the heights so i felt awful but once we finally got up there we were able to release them and then you know everything was good but yeah that memory definitely sticks out but it still was an amazing time just releasing those bears and wow it's just yeah absolutely love that so what sticks out the most for me in June is honestly being crapped on <laughs> or being pooped on. Let me be polit uh, politically correct. Uh, yeah, that is correct. Uh, I <laughs> So basically in June, it's where we start a lot of our live animal appearances. So like, you know, we do summer reading programs. We just go just a bunch of educational outreach stuff. And by the way, I've been doing this for 15 years, and it is hands down one of my favorite things to do. I love TV. I love, um, you know, obviously doing this podcast, but one of my favorite things to do has to be going out and doing these live shows, like actually seeing the people's reactions and, you know, when they see an animal that they never would really see in person. I love that. But a lot of the time, and the kids love it, the parents love it too, I get crapped on. As a matter of fact, I need to start bringing a second pair of pants to the show. That is correct. Tinkerbell, the sulcata tortoise, she's around 90 pounds, 85, 90, poops on me nearly every time. So yeah, note to self, we'll definitely be doing that. But no, I love the summertime. I love the programs that we do. And I love how people just get so excited to see the animals. So I would say I look forward to that every year. But this June, just because we did so many, we did a lot of shows. Um, it was really cool kind of being out there and just seeing people get so excited. So that definitely sticks out for me in June. So the summertime is a very, very busy time. You know, living along the river with the animals. There's so many projects that I love to do. It's, you know, I have to say, though, summertime is my favorite time out here just because all the animals are able to enjoy their outdoor yards. 
you know, the ponds are full, everyone's basking. I love that time of year. I really, really do. But it's a good time because I'm able to embark on some of uh, some of the projects we have to do. And I'll tell you what, this year we embarked on one of the biggest, actually this is the biggest project that we've ever taken on ever in the history of the Animals and I. You guys ready for it? Uh, building a brand new alligator exhibit. So in July, we I purchased a 38 foot long, 12 foot wide tank. And this is going to be the new pool for our American alligators. Sonny, who's around 10 and a half feet, and Chompers, who's around six and a half feet. I'll tell you what, you know, breaking ground on that new exhibit was, yeah, oh, it was great. It was a really, really good day. Now, a lot of you have been wondering when it will be completed, and the goal was to finish it that summer, but I guess, as a lot of you know, life happens, and uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff kind of on our plates, and so things have been postponed, but we are working on it, actually, as I record this podcast, and we're excited. We'll have it done. I'm crossing my fingers by the spring, if not early summer, but I cannot wait to move the alligators in there. You know, it will be a little different because right now they're not housed together. So if, if you do follow me on like Instagram or Facebook, you'll know Chompers, she's indoors in our main animal building. And then Sonny is outside because we have the natural geothermal water and he's in a separate exhibit. So they've never been together. So this will be very interesting to see how they do. We have already planned, I actually built a bridge already that's going to be completely over the pool to where we're able to separate them. Um, just for safety, you know, she's six feet and, you know, he's still really big. He's a big guy. So for her safety, we will be separating them. They will be able to see each other through a barrier. And then once, I guess, once we feel that maybe they will be compatible or maybe, you know, huh, it's not going to be as bad as we thought. Uh, not that we think it's going to be bad, but you know, you really have to prepare for the worst when you're introducing these, you know, predatory animals. It could go great. It could go, you know, eh, I don't know, but we're excited to uh, see, you know, what happens. So we'll have the barrier at first, and then eventually we would like to, um, you know, have them live together full time, which I'm excited because, you know what, Sonny probably wants a girlfriend. I know Chompers wants a boyfriend, and she's feisty. The females are feisty, and I talked to my friend, who is the curator of uh, herpetology over at the Omaha Zoo uh, the Henry Dorley Zoo, and he said the females are the ones sometimes you have to watch out for because they are the ones that, you know, he's seen, you know, smaller females pick on bigger males. So it will be interesting to see how it pans out. Now, a lot of people are asking, are you going to breed them? Will they breed? Well, more than likely, if they are compatible, if they do like each other, they might breed, but we would never want to, uh, you know, in um, incubate the eggs or try to, um, you know, raise baby alligators just because, you know, the North American alligators, they're off the endangered species list. They are uh, least concern. And uh, there's several million of them right now in the um, southern parts of the United States. And uh, we would not want to breed them and then try to relocate them for pets because alligators just don't make good pets. So when I look back at August, I honestly just can't help but think about New York. I felt like I've spent more time in New York in August than I did actually at my own house. Uh, it was great. I love New York. And it's so crazy because I live in such a small town. Complete different worlds, you know, living in a town under a thousand to going to the busiest city in the world. But I loved it. And so we had the Today Show at the first of the month with Kathy Lee and Hoda with special guest co-host A-Rod, the famous baseball player. And, of course, he is dating 
my future wife, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I just got married. But uh, he's dating at Jennifer Lopez. And it was a fun segment. I teamed up with my friends from the Pittsburgh Zoo and PPG Aquarium. So we had some really neat animals. We had, and you know, by the way, one of my favorite parts about doing the Today Show is being able to, you know, showcase unusual animals. I mean, of course, we all love the cute, furry, the fluffy, this and that. But I love showing unusual animals and I love talking about, you know, unique things. And so my favorite animal I brought on there, was, I would have to say Bert and Big Mama. And they are naked mole rats. And, you know, mind you, they were nominated for one of the ugliest animals in the world. I don't know, a horrible thing to be nominated for. But they are so unique. They can't get cancer. They live longer. They live to be 30 years old longer than any other rodent. We are just learning so much about them. So I love showcasing unusual kind of creepy animals like that. And creepy, I mean that in a really good way. Uh, also teamed up with my friends from the Turtleback Zoo. We brought on Gus, who was a Tamandua, also known as a lesser anteater. And uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> when you do these shows, it's just so crazy. You never know what's going to happen. So I remember during this segment... You know, uh, A-Rod was trying to feed Gus, the anteater, some mixture of basically it's like blended up millworms and crickets and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, Gus was going to town and then Gus crawled down his tree. And then, you know, you know, mind you, I'm trying to go over these facts about the naked mole rats and things were just going everywhere. And that's just how these segments are. It's fun, though. It's fun. It's educational. Now, I'll tell you what. I was uh, really excited to meet A-Rod, but it was crazy doing a segment literally in front of Jennifer Lopez. I'm not usually starstruck, but it was just one of those things like, wow, like that is like, I am, yeah, kind of blew my mind there. You know, you know, with Jennifer and her 18 foot tall, 300 pound bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. This guy was like, yeah, but it was funny though. One of my animal assistants got a photo of this bodyguard and mind you, he looked so mean, but then during my segment, um, they got a photo of him smiling when I was talking about Gus. So I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah, anyways, uh, that was fun. I flew back a few days later to film a TV segment for Wonderama, which is a kid's TV show. It's syndicated across the nation. They're actually kind of bringing it back. I think this is the second or third season they, they, they brought it back. It was big in the 1970s and 80s, and I was able to film with David Osmond in front of a live studio audience, which was a great time. Um, David was so great, you know, being one of the Osmonds. I believe his dad is one of the brothers. I, they, they have, you know, they have a lot of family members, but he was super nice, and he actually just messaged me on Instagram yesterday. Uh, which was kind of cool. He was like, hey, man, hope everything's well. I'm like, wow, this is one of the Osmonds. Like, we were listening to your Christmas song yesterday. <laughs> it's like kind of weird. But uh, he was great. He was ready to learn. And, you know, it, it was awesome. We got to work with Aurora, the African penguin, who is one of my go-tos, one of my favorites. She actually prefers human company over uh, penguins, which is so funny. She's kind of an odd duck. Um, not a duck, but, you know, a penguin. Uh Super, super neat. Also worked with Albert Einstein, the two-toed sloth. We also worked with Gus again and then also a boa constrictor. But it was really cool. It's kind of crazy because the episode has not aired yet. So as I record, it's the day after Christmas. It has not aired. So I have no idea how this is going to turn out. Fingers crossed it turned out pretty good. 
Uh, I do remember trying. This was disgusting, actually. I, uh, oh, this is gross. I ended up trying Gus's mealworm um, and cricket mash. David did too. It was bleh, so gross. But I'm really excited for that to air, and I will let you all know when that does. And like I said, it's syndicated across the nation and, you know, a variety of different channels. But that was a really fun time. August was great. My wife got to join me as well. And, oh, it's just, I, I love that, that kind of time of year, and the animals are awesome. And, yeah, good time. Good time in August. So when I look back at September through my phone and all the photos, I cannot believe what a beautiful Indian summer we had. I love that. Not just for like selfish reasons, because of course none of us want the summer and the warm you know, sun to go, but the animals love it too. They're able to be out in their yards longer, their outdoor ponds, their exhibits. Anyone else like an Indian summer? Man, I loved it. I loved it. And I have to tell you what, it was great. Uh, just, you know, and there was a lot of pressure in September just because I got married in um, October 3rd. So there was a lot of wedding planning and a lot of, you know, prep just to kind of be gone for two weeks from the animals, which it really was the longest I've ever been gone. So there was a lot of prep in September. Um, we had two different animal handlers specifically designated for my animals. And so there's a lot of prep kind of getting them ready to take care of 30 some exotic animals, including a 65 pound turkey. But uh, yeah, September was great. So when I look back at October, I can't help but think about my wedding and I'm not gonna bore you with, you know, gushy details because no one wants to hear about that. But I, uh, oh my God, I've never been more nervous in my life getting married. Like I re, you know, some of the biggest nerves I've ever had, I think uh, would have to be when I would appear on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Um, when I was younger, I just remember I would get so nervous and you would just, I mean, which is natural, right? You could just, yeah, but I had never experienced that much nerve until I got married. So I am so happy. I'm so happy it's over. <laughs> like, I'm so happy it's over. I was so nervous. I hope um, some people out there feel the same way. I just was really excited to kind of get it done, but I'm so happy got married to my best friend and um, she's amazing. And for those of you who don't know, um, I love how I just said I'm not going to bore you with cheesy, gushy stuff as I'm just going into our life story. But uh, for those of you who don't know, we actually met in New York. And so um, back in 2014, I was on the Today Show with uh, Kathy Lee and Hoda. And then we went out a few days later to celebrate in Little Italy in Lower Manhattan. And I saw her across the room and uh, I asked her to dance. So that's how we've been together this whole time, but she's great. She loves the animals and uh, my animal handler, my number one animal handler, animal assistant, whatever, manager now, <laughs> co-manager. Anyway, October was great. We went to Michigan and it was beautiful. Got to see Lake Michigan, which is just like the ocean. Man, for those of you who have never been, I would highly recommend. Uh, it was crazy. Like I, oh my goodness. Like I remember looking out at Lake Michigan, just thinking about, oh my goodness, like all the life out there, all the fish, all the different species. It was, yeah, yeah. My mind was blown. I've seen the ocean before. I was not expecting this, but it was just beautiful. So that's kind of what October, uh, that's kind of what reminds me of October. So there are a few things that have like really taken my breath away just in nature. I mean, Africa, of course, is one of them, but in November, I was able, this is like my first time going to the Redwood Forest. And 
it was like looking at a dinosaur. It was in, I, I know I say incredible all the time, but it was incredible. I, I loved it to look at these trees that had been around for well over a hundred million years. Just, it was just great. Uh, it was, you know, for any of you who have never done that, I would highly recommend it. There's also a lot of wildlife opportunities. So we were able to, of course, along California. So we stayed in Crescent city, but we were able to see seals, sea lions. We saw a whale. Now I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that, you know, we saw like a whale up close, but we were able to see it <laughs> from a very, 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 very far distance, but still like a whale. I almost like wondered, you know, I was wondering like what the locals, like, do you think they get sick of that? Like seeing whales every day in their backyard? Man, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I would uh, highly recommend that. But, uh, you know, just seeing something so ancient. And I did a podcast. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, like, I think it's the 10 most fascinating facts about Redwoods. And man, we've depleted like 99.9% .9 of them. So thank goodness that we have some land you know protected for these ancient trees because i know i want my kids to see them and you know their kids and just future generations because it it, it is like kind of really going back into time you know you feel like you're in a different world so that's definitely a highlight that would stick out for me in november a beautiful area northern california highly recommended and that leaves us to december Man, I can't believe how fast 2018 is gone. And I just, yeah, that's so crazy to me. I feel like as I get older, the years just keep on going by and by. And, you know, there I am dating myself. But December was great. Uh, my sister got married in Mexico. So I remember we were able to go up and uh, to oh, not go up, actually go down to Mexico. Hello, Corbin. And, uh, yeah, let's have another pina colada. That was a joke. I will never touch one again. Uh, but no, we were able to go down to Mexico. I loved it. The wildlife. Oh my goodness. To see an iguana out there in the wild. I sat there and looked at them for an hour, probably like a creep because, you know, they don't move much, but yeah, I loved that. And I saw a sea turtle, we were uh, paragliding, which I was terrified of. Uh, you know, I'm not normally nervous about heights, but this was like a janky little place that we went to to take us paragliding. So we were like, you know, we were held on by this little hook or a D-ring, like a tiny little hook. I just could have completely unhooked us with a little push of my thumb and we would have been gone. But so we were a few hundred feet up in the air, but we were able to see a uh, green sea turtle. And that was just, oh, man. Just something about that it was just great. But so with that, Mexico was awesome. You know, with that said, you know, this year has been so good. I love this podcast, my first full year. So I just want to say thank you, first and foremost, to the listeners all around the world. Thank you so much. Um, I enjoy doing this. So I, 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 I love it. I absolutely love it. I cannot wait for what 2019 uh, has to bring. We have some great guest interviews, some celebrities. That is right. Some celebrities. We booked them. Well, I did. I really don't have a team yet. Maybe one day, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, 2019 is looking really good. And I also just kind of want to give a shout out to the animal podcast community. There's not that many of us, but uh, 
I love it how we all support each other and listen to each other's content and how we're getting people excited about animals. So thank you so much for all the other animal podcasts out there. And, you know, here it is. Here is to a great 2019. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. Please make sure to hit subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps me out. I also encourage you to check out CorbinMaxi.com. You can contact me there personally, even suggest a podcast guest, or if you just want to learn more about animals.